This is Paul S. Kemp, creator of Eggle and Nicks, and I am close, personal, sexy time friends with the Court of Nerds. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of hopefully appropriate ages, since I can't monitor who does and does not listen to this or check your age. I'm Drew. And I'm Kevin. And we are the Court of Nerds. Uh, last week, we kind of got back to knowing you guys, reintroduced ourselves, if you will. We're happy to be back in our normal weekly format. And, and you know, it's kind of going to be unstructured. We're going to try and hit on, of course, the things that we've always talked about. You know, comic books, movies, TV, games, the things with nerdy bents to them. But, you know, it's, uh, we're not going to have so much structure. We're just going to kind of chit-chat and see what comes up. We talked to you guys last week, if you missed the podcast, about... Disney's super realistic lightsabers, and so much more. Uh, This week, Kev, we got to open up with more Disney stuff because the Lion King trailer has dropped and everyone has dropped their pants to their ankles about it. What are your thoughts on having to see Mufasa die again? Uh, Honestly, here's I'm going to admit something that I probably should. I have never seen the original Lion King in its full form in one sitting. Really? Uh, Really, I, I have seen probably the whole movie, uh, but just in bits and pieces. And so it was kind of, now I came from uh, the uh, a evangelical Christian background, and there was a big how-to-do back when this came out uh, about, oh, the circle of life is, you know, uh, Taoism and stuff like that. You can't let kids... You know, think about, you know, this kind of stuff. So I, was, I wasn't allowed to go see it in the movie theater when I was a child. And so it wasn't until friends had it on video and stuff that I was allowed to see it. And uh, when, when that happened, I, you know, it was bits and pieces. We're kids. We goof off. Right. And so uh, I have to watch it now with my son. Uh, and uh, the, I've, I have seen the, the live-action Jungle Book. Uh, I have seen uh, the, uh, the Beauty and the Beast. It's the the thing with those that there were real like actors in those, right? And uh, are there real actors in the Lion King? I don't totally know, and that's kind of the weird thing is they like it's a live action remake. I'm like, no, but not really, but not yeah. really. If, if it's all CGI, it's animated. So we're watching another animated Lion King, right? It's just like. More real animated now, right? And so when you know when the the lion fights and and happen, or when the uh, when it gets kind of you know kind of intense at time, it'll just be even more intense. And I think the comedy, you know, with like Timon and Pumbaa, which was always like I I love that bit. You know that would that probably won't be as funny for me, right? No, it's there's and, and I'm more you know and again, there's a part of me that's worried that they're going to make a shot for shot remake because the original is such a classic. Yeah. But, but there's also a part of me that wants the shot for shot remake. So it's it's this weird conflict of nostalgia that I'm having, where where the part of me that remembers how much I loved The Lion King as a child doesn't want them to mess with something I loved so much, and at the same time, adult me is like, yeah, but what if they make the movie better? What if the jokes are less cheesy? What what if they kind of grow it up a little bit? Because, Sledge, I think you'd agree. We've both got kids. I think kids today have far more mature senses of humor than you and I had when we were their age. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, then again, fart jokes will... Some things are universal, Sledge. Some things are universal humor. Fart jokes are always going to be funny. The word butt is always going to be funny. But, like, my kid is laughing at jokes that when I was 11, I would not have understood. (laughs) I don't know if that is... uh, My son, too, at five. And I was like, who taught you that? And, uh, you know, like... It, it's kind of insane, like, the amount of knowledge. I can't blame the Internet because, you know, it's it's just kids talking with each other at lunch. Yeah, and, and it's, once well, you know, Kev, you, the fact that you and I had had babies with brilliant women, you know? Maybe maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it. So it's it's this situation where we're looking at a new Lion King and thinking, wow, you know, the trailer looks beautiful and this voice cast looks incredible. But what is it actually going to be? What, what is the difference between this? And you're right, Kev, the animated Lion King that we've already seen besides, well, these are going to look more like real animals. Yeah, and here's, like, don't get me wrong. I've always been a proponent of taking my childhood and sending, selling it back to me. But, you know, look at the Transformers. Look at, look at, every, look at all the comics, I, all the Hanna-Barbera comics and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy that up, buy that up, buy that up, read them. And then half the time when I read them, it's just like, eh, I guess I really didn't need that. You know, it was, I was more loving the nostalgia of it. It, it. I think that's exactly what Disney's just trying to do. It's just like, well, it's, well, we'll just bank on everybody's nostalgia and make a ton of money in the box office. And that's likely what they'll do. Uh, that, listen, they're going to they're gonna end up with my money from that sooner rather than later. They're getting my money regardless with their Pixar movies. I mean, Disney's just out here taking most of my money. And the money that they don't take, Sledge, it ends up going right to my kid. And I think you know this as well. But a way that we as parents save money is days like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which we're now on the other side of. And what I was amazed by, and this may just be that I'm late to the party, Sledge, but... The amount of deals that gaming systems are offering online. Not that you have to, you don't have to go to a store and buy stuff. I mean, Isaac popped on his Xbox on Black Friday, just got an Xbox One for his birthday, and they were offering the Xbox Game Pass for a dollar for the first month. Yeah, for a dollar for the entire, from now until uh, like January 6th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And so, and listeners, if you don't know what Game Pass is, Think of it kind of like what Gamefly used to be. The, there's a bunch of games and stuff. It's like a subscription service you sign up to on top of Xbox Live. And you uh, essentially get a smorgasbord of games that you can play for that month of time. You download it to your system, you play them, uh, and you can delete them, uninstall them, reinstall them as much as you want during that time. And uh, when that month is out, there's a new month that'll, that'll come along and you can do all that all over again. And here's the thing. It's not just crappy little, like, third-party titles and stuff like that. There's some AAA things on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the, the other thing is, if you have the Game Pass, Microsoft is giving you discounts on everything else you're buying on their system. So because you have their other subscription service, you're saving more money. And my son, Isaac, he looked at that and he said, I'm going to get the Game Pass, Dad, because then I save $3 on the Forza Horizon 4 car pass, and I've already got my money back. And he did, and, 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 you know, he got Forza Horizon 4, a game he's wanted for months, for half off. And, and here's the thing, uh, and the brilliance of all of that is, is we see that, but it's not like we're going to, hey, I've, I've made my money back. That doesn't mean we stop spending money. 
because when all those deals and stuff keep coming up there, uh, you're like, well, when the month, end of the month starts coming by, and you're like, you know what, I, I really like this game. I haven't got everything that I could get out of it in this month. I'm going to buy it. But you buy it at a discounted rate. It's, it was amazing to me. We, we even got, I mean, we ended up with, and it was funny, I had to talk Isaac into it, Sledge, and you'll, you'll understand why. Uh, Injustice to the Legendary Edition. Was eighteen dollars on Black Friday? Oh yes, eighteen dollars. I have listen. My son, you know, and I don't know if we've discussed this a lot on the podcast, but uh, my son, we co-parent. I share time with his mom, and so he's with his mom right now, which means his Xbox One is just sitting at the house. And I may or may not have room moved it out of his room and into the basement. And I may or may not be obsessively playing Injustice to the Legendary Edition, but I, I would never have spent. Sixty dollars to get the legendary edition myself. Forty dollars, eighteen dollars though on Black Friday. And I don't have to leave the house. Here's my question: Am I late to the party? How how great are the Ninja Turtles? Oh, listen! Once I figured out how to make it so that I could play with more than just Leonardo, even oh, yeah. better. Oh yeah, and you can yeah, and switch up your uh, your loadout your weapons. Yeah, yep. it's it's amazing. And uh, honestly, I really thought Raph would be my favorite, but it's Donnie. It's Donnie. Donnie's the best. I mean, listen, I have not been able to stop playing that game with Hellboy. Oh, I'm terrible with Hellboy. I'm I, absolutely terrible. Oh, I'm not great with him. I'm better with the guys who are, are quicker, a little bit more, you know, have a little bit more range to their attacks. But, man, I really like swinging, like, the fist of the devil stuff around. And, like, all his <laughs> upgrades are so great. It's like mighty, mighty head of minor Armageddon. Like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm here for this. Top three players to play as. You got Hellboy. What's what's your next one? I'm I'm Hellboy, Green Arrow, man. Green, Green Arrow. Arrow. I, I like the ranged attacks, and his bow attacks are awesome, right? Like his spinning when he spins it and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And then uh, third for me, I'm still, again, I just started playing it obsessively like a day or two ago. But I'm really enjoying playing as Damien, as Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he, first off, very versatile, uh, got a good amount of uh, attack. His ultimate isn't the best. but No. His ultimate's pretty weak, but so is the turtle's ultimate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't do a ton of damage, uh, but it's a cool animation. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing with Hellboy is that ultimate does so much damage. Like, it is such a big hit when you land it, and it's a hard one to dodge, too. So, uh, so have you unlocked Peggy, Power Girl? I have not yet. So essentially what it is, it is an overlay on top of uh, Supergirl. Okay. But uh, it does change up uh, all the voice acting and stuff in it. It is, it is very sultry and it is very, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Very, <laughs> very boob windowy. Very boob windowy. Yeah. And the attacks are much stronger. Nice. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's. Usually in the same base set as as Supergirl, but you know it's literally if you if you unlock it, it's Power Girl. Uh, so yeah, she's probably my my favorite to use. I'd probably go. Uh, I love Green Lantern. Uh, I usually use the uh, the John Stewart the John Green Stewart. Lantern. Oh, that's the one. Yep, that's the one I play with. The loadout with the the. Uh, it looks like it's like green and white. So I'm like, yeah, John Stewart, Michigan State Spartan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and then finally, I, I go with bats. 
mainly because you play with him so much during the story mode, and when you level up in the multiverse, you know, he's already kind of there when you're playing against other people. That's true. That's That's been the f- most frustrating thing to me has been trying to, like, oh, I got all this gear for Dr. Fate, but I have to level <laughs> him up to use any of it. Damn it! Oh, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to a couple of guys geek out about a game that came out when? Like, like last spring? Last spring? Yeah, like a year ago or something. Maybe longer than that. This is, this. listen, guys, we used to have a segment on this podcast called, you know, we'd make fun of Grant with Dad Tech. But yeah. the reality of Dad Tech is like, Sledge, you probably bought this game and it was, what, three or four months before you got to actually play it? That, that's, the, that's the problem. Yeah, like I, I end up pre-ordering things to get all the, the bonus and stuff like that. It'll sit there. It'll install onto my systems, and then, you know, I'm still probably doing something, you know, <laughs> else or working through some other game. Right. And, yeah. or, or Finn is monopolizing the Xbox. You know, like that's... Oh <laughs> I, I, haven't got to play, I haven't got to play Forza yet with your, your son, and neither has my... Because that's all my son will play on the Xbox is, is Forza. Yeah. And let me tell you... That kid doesn't. He doesn't care about you know getting the the Aston Martin Vanquish or you know the Ferrari FXXK. He wants as many voxel Astros as he possibly can find. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, why are you spending your money on a you know twelve thousand dollar car and then tricking it out? You know? Oh God, that sounds like Isaac. Oh, our kids, our kids, man. Oh, now I know Forza Horizon 4, you reviewed it as one of the best racing games of all time over at thecourtofnerds.com. So I guess we got to kind of slip into this. We are coming up on the end of 2018. So for the next few weeks, we're going to kind of slip in some of our best ofs from the year that was. Uh, And I figured Sledge, since you're joining me here, we'll start in your wheelhouse, your best video game and your best tabletop game of 2018. Uh, Sure. Uh, My best. The runner-up that I would have would definitely be Forza Horizon 4. And, uh, you know, that, it's kind of sad. I, I love that game so much, haven't played it nearly enough. But uh, I'm, I'm going to pick a different game for being the best. And unfortunately, no, it is not uh, God of War. It is mm. not Spider-Man either. Uh, both of those games, absolutely phenomenal, have sold a ton of systems for Sony. You know, uh, it has been a as far as first-party titles for Sony, it has been a bang-out year for them, and uh, I can't imagine uh, single-player games getting much better than that, except for what just came out, uh, because Red Dead Redemption 2 is just amazing. Uh, if you look at Metacritic right now, even uh, it is the highest-rated game of the year. It sits at 97 percent. On both PC or on, on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, I, I I love playing it. It is very in depth. I spend most of my time chasing my hat. Uh, and if you ever get the hankering, you can watch a bit play it on the Con Twitch stream. And it's always a bucket of laughs as he gets upset with his horse. Yeah, I, that's the biggest things I've seen about Red Dead Two. Are one everyone loves it, right? I think I, I don't remember. I think it might have been one of my wrestler friends that I follow, or or my buddy uh, Brad is my other source of gaming stuff besides you. But he tweeted something like, "How can this be the most frustrating and most beautiful game I've ever played? Like, I want to throw my controller, but I don't want to miss the next cutscene." 
and I guess his big frustration was that like you you basically have to saunter everywhere. There isn't a speed faster than saunter. Well, there there is uh, when you're giddying up your horse a bit, and there's like a stam- stamina issues, and your horse will end up bucking you. But you can put it in this kind of like little cinematic mode too. If you're going, you know, you have the horse follow a, a, a path and stuff like that, and it'll the camera will start spinning around. It'll maybe be making it look pretty, but it's half the time, you know, the ho- you'll the horse will run into something, or you know, there's there's it is not an unbuggy game. There are plenty of bugs in it. There was a section outside of one of the towns I, ca- I can't think of where everything that passed this place in the road caught fire. And this was both on the Xbox and PlayStation. It's been since patched. But gamers immediately figured out where this section was, you know, and they would record videos of people like wagons and stuff just going in and then spontaneously catching on fire and all these NPCs running around and horses dying and, and all that kind of stuff. And there'd just be bodies buried, you know, covering the road. Uh, <laughs> they fixed it, you know. That <laughs> but it was, it was funny. It was hilarious. It was one of those little glitches that it didn't really hurt too much in the game. And uh, it was entertaining to upload to YouTube. All right, so that would be your video game of the year. And I don't think a lot of people are going to argue with you. It was not only one of the best-reviewed releases of the year. It was one of the most anticipated releases of the year. And and despite the bugs, it has lived up to everyone's hype. The story mode is supposed to be incredible. And once I actually own uh, a next-gen system for myself, not my kids, I fully intend to dive into Red Dead 2. But you're right, Sledge. For now, I get my fix watching Biff play it on our Court of Nerds Twitch channel. You can, uh, by the way, find him on Twitch. It's twitch.com slash hellobiff. And... Uh so for my tabletop games, uh, my runner-up is going to be Bombshell Ministers Counterblast Second Edition. Uh, quick brief on that: it's essentially think of uh, Flash Gordon, but with miniatures. Okay. Uh, it's it's very it's a they call it a, an atomic ray punk setting, uh, and it it's fifty bucks uh, for the core rule book. It's it's a pretty solid rule set, and there's some wonderful miniatures out there. But for my my top game of this year. And for everybody that listens to Reverse Centaur, you should be surprised because I am not picking any of the editions of Starfighter that came out here. Really? I, yeah, I was fully, I, you know what's funny? I was fully prepped for Starfighter. I was fully prepped for it. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, I'm going to be both predictable and a bit of an elite uh, when I am picking this. Uh, because, Paizo, I love you. Uh, the editions that you gave us with the Armory and Alien Archive 2 are, are fantastic. But what I'm picking right now is uh, Wrath and Glory uh, in Warhammer 40K. And it's their pen and paper game uh, that they sold, or their, their, their rule book that came out at Gen Con this past summer. And the only way to get it was at Gen Con. You're not going to be able to, you can't find it right now until July of next year. Uh, but it's 450 pages of amazingness. Uh, and, and it's going to be around 80 bucks. When it comes out, uh, is it going to be worth it? I'm going to say absolutely yes. Okay. Uh, it does have some rough edges, uh, but it is an impressive labor of love. Uh, the people that wrote this uh, kind of take the lore and they run with it, and they let the players, whereas like the old uh, pen and paper 40K games, they were, uh, it was almost always Imperium. Yeah, you usually had to just deal with a, being a rogue trader, and now you have everything you know up from a guardsman to a Primaris Space Marine, 
uh, and even several Xeno races and stuff that you can play. Uh, there are the rules are actually pretty easy. The basic rules. Uh, combat can get a little bit more complex, and there are some fiddly bits in there that needs to be hammered out. But um, when you play through the straight rule set, almost anybody will be able to pick it up, uh, at least on their first time. And the character creation is wonderful. Uh, and on it, I can't speak enough about how wonderful, wonderful this, this, you know. You've, no, I know you've used the word wonderful quite a bit, but I mean, uh, a pen and paper adventure in 2018, Sledge? Well, and here's the thing, like, uh, this is going to appeal, there, there are several different sets of tabletop gamers. So Warhammer 40K, you know, if you are into the, if you're into the miniature side of things, that gets very passionate. There's a lot of people that will, you know, deck out, paint their Marines just how they want to and get all their stats perfectly in line. And then there's the other people that love the Warhammer 40K that are all into the books. I mean, the, the Horus Heresy series has somewhat like 60 different novels and stuff out right now. Uh, and so if you dive into that, there's going to be a ton of people on the lore side. This kind of pulls both people in. Uh, so you can create your own characters and then you can craft uh, a campaign for people to take these characters in. Uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's something that I've, I've wanted for a long time since the, uh, you know, the, the late Rogue Trader series. And uh, honestly, once this comes out, finally, in uh, July of next year for the masses, then I, I think you'll see a big hit on the uh, tabletop hands. Because let me, let me tell you, uh, I... I wasn't. I didn't make it to Gen Con this year, but I had a friend uh, pick up a signed copy of the book for me, and uh, it was well worth the shipping that I had them pay. <laughs> That's awesome. And you've always been big on the lore and the books behind 40K anyway, so this is just an amazing thing for you to kind of tonight to unite the two worlds that you really love. Oh, and let me tell you, the Reverse Centaurs crew is... is uh, got to be pretty happy that I didn't choose to force them into the 40k realm. You just took them to space instead. Well, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be fighting demons in the warp, but, you know, oh. whatever. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Reverse Centaurs is great. If you guys aren't listening to it, you should be. And keep checking this podcast from week to week. We're going to be bringing you our best of lists from the year that was. We'll talk best of comics. We'll talk best of books. We'll talk best of wrestling matches. That's all in the weeks to come. As always, big thanks to Grand Rapids Comic Con and Tardy's Collector's Corner. For now, I'm Drew. I'm Sledge. And we've been your Court of Nerds. I'm Colin Bunn, and I'm a close personal friend, the Court of Nerds.